Presbyopia Unlocked is an editorially independent podcast supported with advertising by Alcon. Efficiency in the OR is essential when treating a high volume of premium patients. One of the key areas of communication I use for OR efficiency is to communicate with the OR itself ahead of time so they have ample time to order the appropriate IOL or choices of IOL. We have a lot of different choices for our patients and so the discussion can be streamlined depending on the surgeon's preference and, and what he, he or she feels is best for the patient. Improving workflow helps surgeons implement the latest technology in their practice and provide the best options for their patients. The efficiency in the OR starts by an organized surgeon who prepares ahead of time and gets these implants calculated and over to the ASC. I would encourage anyone who's interested in OR efficiency to actually do time studies in your OR. Join us as doctors Cynthia Matosian and Brett Fisher share their experiences with this all too important topic on this episode of Presbyopia Unlocked. Hello, this is Cynthia Mutosian. I'm joined here by Brett Fisher, and we're going to talk about pearls in the OR, OR efficiency. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hi, Cynthia. This is, uh, it's great to be on this podcast with you and, and talk about some of the things that uh, um, help to make our workflow better, you know, and uh, do a better job for our patients. So um, I know that there's several points that, that we've outlined to talk about. And I think the first of those is um, actually starts before we get to the operating room. And that's the, the workflow in terms of communicating with our patients preoperatively. So one thing I like to do, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, I, I spend a few minutes talking with patients just about general expectations, what surgery's like you know, kind of how long they'll be at the surgery center, just, you know, laying the groundwork, if you will. And then, and then you know, depending on the patient's desires for their vision postoperatively, we spend some time talking about um, the different options they have for their surgery in terms of different IOLs and, and you know, the different uh, choices they can make for their surgery. Um, I'm sure you do something very similar. One of, one of the nice things that that I think we have now is the, the choices are very robust. We have a lot of different um, choices for our patients. And so the discussion, you know, can be streamlined depending on the surgeon's preference and, and what he, he or she feels is best for the patient. Is that kind of what you've been doing as well? Exactly. And one of the key areas of communication that, that I use for OR efficiency is to communicate with the OR itself ahead of time. So they have ample time to order the appropriate IOL or choices of IOL, especially if it's an aura case and you're not 100% sure of the power that you may end up using. And by having that information ahead of time to the OR, it saves them a lot of money from having to have that implant FedExed overnight to get it ready for that surgeon. And that can add to a lot of money over the year for multiple surgeons and multiple surgical cases. So one of the OR efficiencies that leads to increased profits in a for-profit ASC is timely request of implants 
to the OR. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. And, you know, and I think it's very important that patients have um, the option to upgrade their surgeries all along the way. So some patients will, for instance, even on the day of surgery, elect, um, you know, something like a multifocal IOL. And so we want to make sure we have that available, that we don't have to reschedule their surgery, which leads to inefficiency. And so I think you're exactly right. I think having, you know, all of the possible choices available for a patient um, is very important so that we can satisfy whatever their desire is and, and leave those doors open. Now, another thing, Brett, um, is something I do, and I want to hear if you do it for OR efficiency, is a morning huddle. When I get to the OR and we're getting ready to start, before the first patient walks in, I run through my day with my OR team, making sure we have all the ancillary pieces of equipment or devices that I might need, like a pupil dilating device or resure sealant or vision blue, because... Obviously, we don't use these for every case, but I want to make sure the OR is prepared so that they're not running out of the room in the middle of the case to look for these um, devices. Do you have a morning huddle like that? Yeah, absolutely. And and we have, you know, in our case, it's our director of nursing who really coordinates that. And, you know, as soon as I walk in the door, um, we meet and all of the, all of the, um, you know, anesthesia folks, anybody that really is um, directing the, the flow, we get together and talk about exactly those issues. We talk about the flow of the day. If it's changed from, you know, the day before, if patients have added or canceled, if there's a different procedure, if there's any kind of an emergency, if there's something unanticipated, if I have to see a patient in clinic, you know, at some point that maybe a same day surgery or a, or a check before surgery. So, you know, we have a, a really good, robust um, discussion before we start. So everybody kind of knows where things are heading. Exactly. And I think that's invaluable. It really sets the tone for the day. Everybody's on the same page and makes the day run extremely smoothly. One other thing for that is when we have a MRSA positive patient or somebody who's super anxious with maybe psychiatric issues, very occasionally we need LMA or general anesthesia surgery. So that also has to be taken into consideration as to where in the flow that MRSA positive or general anesthesia case is going to fit in. Right. Absolutely. And this is this is also an opportunity where, you know, we do, um, especially on all of our um, premium eye wells, we do um, image guided surgery. And so this is a chance to make sure that all the images have come over from the clinic, which really does improve our efficiency dramatically. So we make sure that all of the, the image guidance is on hand, that, you know, all of the um, patient data is available, that there's no surprise, you know, when you get to a certain patient and discover, say, that you don't have what you need for that case. So first thing in the morning, we're making sure, again, all of that's in place and, and ready to go. Exactly. And I do the same for my aura data. It's preloaded a few days ahead of time. So there's ample time for it to get into the system. And that's why all I do is verify it right before the case. Yes. Exactly. In terms of, do you do like all right eyes first, all left eyes second, anything like that to enhance efficiency? You know, it's it's interesting that you bring that up, Cynthia. We've looked at that in the past, but we found that that too many constraints like that tended to slow us down. So we have um, we we've really divided 
because I do in excess of, um, you know, 50% um, premium IOLs, femtosecond laser assisted surgery, we've just dedicated one of our two ORs to femtosecond cases and one to kind of standard cases. And um, so we'll go in that kind of a sequence and rather than right eye, left eye. And that seems to work better for us. In, in, and we've done time studies. I would encourage anyone who's interested in our efficiency to actually do time studies in your OR, you know, see when people check in, see when they're taken back, see which rooms they're in for what period of time. But as we did our time studies, we found that tended to be the most efficient for us to just kind of, you know, segregate based on, on premium versus standard cases. And we used to also try to schedule right eyes or left eyes first and then the opposite. But we stopped that as well, Brett, just like you, because we found that did not really um, make a more efficient schedule. Right. And there, and there were always exceptions. You know, some of we'd have some diabetic patients that needed to go very early in the order for health reasons. And and then um, some folks possibly couldn't get there till later in the day or if they were occasionally a same day surgery that was coming from a long distance from one of our satellite offices, they couldn't come until later in the day. So, you know, all of those things tended to, to kind of disrupt that flow. Now, what about aura? Does that... Um add time to your cases? And how do you make your aura cases as efficient as possible? So, you know, the aura, uh, when we first started with aura, it did add some time, but as we've used it more and more over the years, it, it really takes less and less time. And where I think it saves the most time is both before surgery and after surgery, because it, 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 when I look back at my personal statistics, there's no question that it really, really makes my results dramatically more accurate. And because of that, it saves me chair time um, before because I can tell patients exactly what my statistics are and you know what the outcomes are likely to be. And after when I don't have to explain to them why we didn't hit the mark. And so that you know extra minute or two I might invest in surgery in using the aura saves me easily 10, 15 minutes per patient, you know, pre and post operatively. Exactly. And I have found the same thing. Um, the only complaint I get is that the staff has to order so many more IOLs because we go three powers up and three powers down, including for cylinder. So that could mean a dozen or so um, IOLs per case for aura, depending if it is a toric IOL or not. But I agree with you, um, the end result is much better, especially for our patients who are post-corneal refractive cases and those who are very high hyperopes and high myopes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, we're, we're lucky enough that we have most of our lenses on consignment. And so we'll have in the room the lenses that are likely to be needed. But when it's not, someone can simply step out of the OR, you know, three feet into the back where the consignments are, grab the one that's needed and be back in, in you know, a few seconds. So for, for those of us luck, lucky enough to have our own uh, facilities with a consignment, it can be much, you know, more efficient. And even if you're operating, say, at a hospital or a hospital-based ASC, again, just ordering all of those lenses um, in advance and having them available will, I think, accomplish the same goal. The efficiency in the OR starts by an organized surgeon who prepares ahead of time and gets these implants calculated and over to the ASC. I completely agree, Brett. 
Yeah, and, and along those lines, we try to we endeavor to to get our lens implant powers about a week before surgery if we can. And there are a few that sometimes you can't, but if we can get those calculations done by at least a week before surgery, then we can have the vast majority of the lenses calculated, pulled, ordered, and available. And so that saves time if you and, and money and, and is much more efficient. If you put that to the last minute or your staff puts that to the last minute, then you're, like you said, you're caught ordering these things overnight, which is much more expensive, or people are scrambling around to get them. And we've even had the situation, you know, between my partner and I, when we've had very busy surgical weeks, where we might run low on a certain power of a certain lens that was very common. So being able to anticipate that, I think is critical, especially with Aura. Exactly. What are um, your policies to make the OR efficient when you have visitors? Do you limit the number of visitors in the OR? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I I think that um, it, it's it's always nice to have visitors because you do want to you want to show off the great things that you're doing and and um, you know there'll be representatives from different companies that want to show you great new things they have. Um, there may be um, students or trainees that are interested in what you're doing. So there's all kinds of very valid reasons to have visitors in the OR. And I think the key is, uh, like you're saying, not to let it detract from the surgical experience for the patient, not to let it interfere with your efficiency. So we've, we've kind of got a rule after um, there was one day where I was doing three completely new things with three different sets of representatives and um, onlookers and observers. And I think we had about 15 people in the OR. And my director of nursing just came to me and said, you know, we probably shouldn't do this again. It's a little bit much. And, and so she and I agreed that Whenever possible, we'd only really do one new thing in a day and and or have, you know, kind of limit the number of visitors to a manageable level. And I think everybody, you know, will have to determine what that looks like for them. But we do try to keep it so that it's it's, you know, it doesn't detract from our focus. And we do the exact same thing. We're still fortunate that we do have many visitors for all the reasons you mentioned, Brett. Sometimes people are there to learn. Sometimes people are there to teach us a new technique or a new um, how to use a new product. And we do limit it to one new item per OR day. And we limit the number of people in the room to make sure that sterile technique is not violated and that the OR is not too distracting from the focus of surgery. And I think that's a key point because you still want to maintain OR efficiency while learning new techniques and technologies. Yes, I, I think that's exactly right. And I think that, you know, it, it's tempting to, to sometimes, you know, let yourself be distracted because because some of these things are very exciting, but it's always important to keep your focus and remember that for that, this, this may be your sixth or seventh case of the day, but for that patient, that's their one and only surgery or their second and only surgery. You know what I mean? It's, it's very important. And I, we try to make sure that every patient feels like that surgery is the most important surgery we've ever done and we're ever going to do. Exactly. And when there are visitors like that in the OR, you have to make sure that they're not speaking too loudly because the patient, of course, is just minimally sedated and they can hear the conversation. So we have to be very cognizant of what we're saying and uh, make sure that the patient is not alarmed by anything they're hearing. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Well, uh, well, I'll personally, if, if there's going to be somebody there that I'm going to be explaining something to, or there's going to be someone who's explaining something to me or, or whatever, I'll make sure to let the patient know in advance what's going on, that that's very normal for us, that they may hear me speaking to someone else. Because like you said, they're aware of what's going on and we don't want them to be anxious. And so, and I tell the patient that if that's something that bothers them or worries them that we won't do it or, you know, we'll, we'll find some other way. So exactly. I just had a very similar situation. We just purchased two Alcon microscopes for the OR. So the rep was there for the microscope, um, going over all the features. So I didn't want the patient to think I've never used a surgical microscope in my life before. So I had to reassure the patient that we've just upgraded to a better, a more modern microscope with better visibility to improve their outcome and that they will hear another voice in the operating room. Yeah, absolutely. We are so fortunate to have many, many different astigmatism correcting, presbyopia correcting, and a combination of both presbyopia and astigmatism correcting implants available to us. These are technologies that enhance the patient's lives, improve their day-to-day activities by making them less dependent on glasses at different distances. So I have incorporated these technologies into my OR, and with it, I have also been delivering the two FDA-approved steroids at the time of cataract surgery. I've been using both DexaQ and Dextenza, which decreases the number of steroid drops postoperatively to enhance that patient's surgical journey. So Brett, have you been using any of these products, the Panoptex, Panoptex Toric, DexaQ, or Dextenza? Yeah, absolutely. We've uh, we've had uh, a fantastic um, experience so far with Panoptex. I was one of the U.S. investigators for the lens, so we got a kind of a sneak peek three years ago when we implanted it in about 20 folks in our practice and uh, had fabulous results with it. And so it, since it became commercially available again, we've used it again. And it's it's really, in, in terms of efficiency, it's very interesting because I spent so much more chair time before and after surgery with some of the previous generations of multifocal lens explaining to patients, you know, um, mixing and matching strategies or where they would still need glasses or, or different things, you know, different, you know, weaknesses or, or, or different peculiarities of the different platforms. And with the panoptics, it's become phenomenally easy now to talk to patients in my practice because the lens just performs so well, gives such a very full range of vision. It's very easy to use in the OR. Um, it's available in all the torque powers. It's available in in blue light filtering, non-blue light filtering. It's available, you know, in a wide range of powers. And so, and, and it's very forgiving. So when I get in there and, and I use the lens, it's very straightforward. And then, you know, the whole process is very efficient out with the patients compared to what it used to be. Um, in terms of the other medications, I have used um, DexaQ and, and had good results with that. I have not yet used Extenza. Um, we've also used quite a bit of um, uh, different um, you know, dropless compounds um, from Impermis in terms of intravitreals and things like that with good results. So 
yeah, we, we try to limit the amount of post-operative medications as well to just a single drop for patients. And, you know, that's also a very efficient thing. You're spending less time with callbacks from pharmacies on the day of surgery and things like that. Exactly. And the patients are so much happier. They don't feel burdened by the number of drops and following a page after page of instructions of when to use what drop at what frequency, which really confuses many patients. And with the panoptics, I too have found it to be a simpler implant to discuss with patients because the near vision really um, helps that patient get that full range distance intermediate and near. Cynthia, thank you for uh, joining me today and, and um, participating in this great discussion and, and offering all these great pearls today on OR efficiency. And um, thank you to all our listeners today for joining us on this podcast. Hopefully you'll find things that you can take away from this to improve your OR experience as well. Thank you very much, Brad. Thank you to Drs. Matosian and Fisher for sharing their pearls on OR efficiencies. And thank you for tuning in. Presbyopia Unlocked is an editorially independent podcast supported with advertising by Alcon. Be sure to tune in next time.